Hi everyone, welcome back to Invested, where we talk about wealth as being more than just money. Our partners Paul Rand, Joel Rand, and Sarah Minikari will bring in guests and industry thought leaders to chat about meaningful topics on personal finances, health and wellness, ideas for your business, tax planning, and other key issues that impact our lives and our livelihood. So thank you for joining us, and we hope you find our discussions not only practical and educational, but maybe sometimes a little thought-provoking. With that, let's get to the episode. On this episode of Invested, we are very fortunate to be joined by Brandon Gothels, one of the co-founders of The File Group, a Compass-affiliated real estate team that specializes in the various coastal communities here in Orange County. Together with his wife, Janelle, Brandon and their team work with their clients in what we would consider a unique way. Rather than focusing on volume and sheer number of transactions, they take a sincere interest in building relationships with their clients and making sure that each one has a positive experience. Today with Brandon, Sarah and I discuss the soaring housing prices here in Orange County, how Brandon sees the residential real estate market changing, and some of the important advice that he and Janelle give both buyers and sellers in this unique and somewhat crazy market. We even dish a little on the reality show Real Estate Brokers. So with that, let's get to our discussion with Brandon Gothels. Hi, and welcome back to Invested. Uh, Brandon, thank you for joining us. Appreciate you making the time. Yeah, appreciate you having me. Thank you. So we talked a little bit about your group in the intro, and we absolutely have a, a ton of questions for you and hopefully can get in at least half of those in the time we have allotted. Um, but why don't you tell us a little bit about the file group and about your practice and you know your, your typical clients and that kind of thing? Sure. So um, I was uh, in golf most of my life personally, uh, and I was working for the PGA Tour running sales uh, about nine years ago. Uh, we have three small kids. My wife is not only an appraiser, she had been one for 20 years, had a big team up and down the coast here. She transitioned over to sales. And because of her background and knowing a lot of builders, she had accumulated $90 million in new construction. So construction that was wow. you know, being built, that kind of yeah. stuff, you know, it was crazy. Yeah. And she kind of looked at me one day when I came home, because I was traveling quite a bit with the tour. And she said, uh, I can't do this anymore. I'm now busy. We have three small kids. You're always traveling. Uh, can we start a, a real estate company? And I'm like, are you, are you talking to me? Like, <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm a golfer. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> I play golf. I'm loving the, the job I have. This is great. That kind of deal. And she said, no, I'm dead serious. Think about it. You can be more local. You can help with the kids. Uh, you don't have to travel as much. And think about it. You know, you're a personable person. You're already in sales. Uh, everybody at some point you would think needs a home. And this is a great place to sell homes. Um, and I said, you know what? You might be right. So the, the kicker here is, uh, and this was seven years ago, I, I said, let's go to dinner. We sat at dinner and I said, look, if we're going to do this, we have to empty our life savings. Like we cannot dip our toe in the pool in Orange County. This is such a competitive market. People have been here for 20 years. They know what they're doing. I had no real estate experience. Um, Janelle was just getting started on the sales side. And I said, we just got to go all in. She said, I promise, let's do it. We literally sold our house. We went to our life savings and we built a brand. I feel a lot quicker than most people would. It wasn't like, hey, we sell a house and we send a mailer out. You know, it was like yeah. we sent 50 mailers out before we sold anything and just said, hey, we're, we're going to do this. And so Janelle and I, uh, we're on our own there for the last six years, uh, building the file group and what it is today. Um, we've been very fortunate uh, to have grown every single year exponentially. 
Uh, with last last year, uh, our goal was 100 million, and we did 102 million. So I was very proud of that. Yeah. Um, and then we hired three exceptional people. I mean, rock star people. These are the kind of people you want to go to work with every day. They came from very different backgrounds, but they're go getters. They're just great people. And then we have a director of operations today. So there's six of us total. Uh, one on the upside and five uh, salespeople, and we're just absolutely loving it. We're, we're stationed right here in Newport Beach. Uh, we focus on Corona Mar, Newport Beach, and Laguna, basically all of Orange County, but um, those three areas. And we're just having a blast. We're so fortunate to live and work where, where we where we do. Yeah. Well, you know, we've done a couple of podcasts on and for small businesses, and you guys would make an awesome case study. So we're going to have to come back and, <laughs> and revisit that in in depth because there's a lot of factors there. There's working with your family. There's you know building a business. There's being in a super competitive market in Orange County and being successful at it. There's like a million other tangents now I could go off of just to to pick your brain on that. But so, what are kind of your typical clients like? What sort of what's your you know, specific area that you, you guys like to focus in? Paul, that's a great question. When we started this business, and you guys both know, this is a sales job, right? You're in a mm-hmm. sales role. We took an opposite approach. We knew this would take a lot longer, but we said we are not out there to grab clients or make sales. We are out there to provide value. And again, to us, that's a long-term play. So, Paul, you and I meet, let's say, and I say, Paul, what are your interests? You know, we meet over lunch through an introduction from someone. I don't mention I'm in real estate. I don't ask you where you live. I don't do any of that. I ask about your family. I ask about your interests. And let's just say, hey, you know, and I get lucky on this one. You say, I love golf. Uh, I just love to play the game. I'm not a member anywhere. But I jump on that. And I say, Paul, let's go out and play some golf. It's four hours, one-on-one with you. We can have some lunch. And I can get to know you, get to know your business, your family, and look at other areas where I can provide value. And then also, can I make a connection? Is there someone that I know in my sphere of influence that I can introduce to you to provide value to you? Yeah. We've taken that approach uh, with our clients, and it has worked out so well because our clients, we have great, solid relationships with. We never go into something, make a quick sale, and then we're out. We just don't do that. Um, so again, as you can both imagine, it's been a, a longer road, if you will, but it's been with great clients. And we're very, very proud of that. And we keep that here today where we are. We have clients that you know are looking at $600,000 homes, and we have you know a listing down here on the water for $26,900,000. So it varies quite a bit. The key for us, you guys, is we treat everyone the same. If you call me and said, I want to sell my house for $250,000 in Riverside, we do a full-blown website. We do all the amenities, everything we would do for the $26 million listing. Now, how we promote the house might be different because of the different channels we would use in the different markets, but it's important to treat everyone the same. So hopefully that answers your question. No, it absolutely. And I think it's very much in line with our practice in that it's such a personal relationship. Um, it's, it's a very big deal and it's very personal to buy a home or sell a home. There's a lot of emotion tied to it. So I think it's critical that you're leading with the relationship because that's far more valuable than, you know, some of the specs and terms of the deal, if you will. Yeah. And, and I think the clients, you know, can sniff that out a million miles away, right? If 100%. you're coming in and particularly in, you know, ours is more of a, uh, well, in the way you run your practice, it's more of a relationship 
business, but our industry is traditionally looked at as a transactional business. And I think the clients can tell that way, way ahead of time. If you're just in for the transaction and out, it's a different ballgame, but running it the way you're running it is, is completely different. Exactly. And I think, you know, for me, not having a, a real estate background back when I started, you know, I'd go to lunch with someone that they're not selling their home. They just bought it two years ago. They have a family, you know, they're going to stay in it for 10 years. And, you know, a couple of people would joke like, wow, you're spending a lot of time or money, you know, uh, networking with that person. I'm like, of course, they're a good person. Uh, I want to get to know them. I want to provide value because those people know people. And yeah. Great, yeah, great, great relationships and introductions have, you know, stemmed from just building great relationships with great people. So uh, that's been our core and, and we're going to stick to it through the end. And I want to thank you for that invitation to play golf with you a minute ago. <laughs> oh, wait, are you a serious buyer? Well, but just, but just, as a, just as a footer with me, it's going to be a six-hour round, not a four-hour round. That's okay. We can do it. We can do it. <laughs> You're going to really get to know me by the end. <laughs> I love it. Well, Brady, talk about market segmentation and, you know, kind of treating, you know, your team treats all the clients in the same fashion, Correct. but there's got to be some segmentation in terms of, you know, the, the under million, the million to five, the, the five to 10, the 10 plus category, both on the seller side and the buyer side. So are there different approaches that let's maybe touch on the buyer side first that you might tell, you might share with your buyer in terms of looking at these various categories? Well, if I can start off, it's a great question. Um, if I can start off by saying, and we believe this with all of our heart, is that Orange County is just a different animal. It just mm -hmm. is. It is a special place. I think through COVID up until now, people kind of realized this place is incredible from our weather to our, you know, uh, our low crime rate to, you know, just so many things. There's schools here. Uh, there's so many things that play into Orange County and why people want to be here. Now, when you talk about advising buyers, right? We went through a crazy time just out of, you know, end of COVID and uh, a little bit through COVID where houses would come on the market in the 2 million price range and they would come to market on Friday and they would have an open house Saturday and Sunday and they'd say, we're going to review offers on Monday. We're like, Isn't that wild? what? <laughs> and they would have 15 offers. So right. Yeah. It was crazy. So I tell you that story only because there was no advisement. I mean, my wife, Janelle, who's a rock star salesperson, but also an unbelievable appraiser, people that wanted to list their house would say, Janelle, you know, can you appraise my house or give me an idea what it would be worth? She's like, I have no idea. Yeah. I, I really don't at this point. Mm -hmm. This is so out of control. So crazy. People Unsubstantiated. Exactly. exactly. Yeah. So at that point, and I'm going to answer your question here, you almost had to be all cash. And if you weren't all cash, you had to be so buttoned up with your lender, right? And what yeah. you were doing and, and have all of your paperwork. Because when you submitted, if you were only putting, you know, 20% down and you needed a 45-day escrow, I mean, they literally set your, you know, uh, offer aside. It was one of those deals. Which historically, that was like, th that was the game plan. That was the base case scenario. Amazing. It was you put amazing. down 20%, you give yourself a 45-day window. That was just a normal deal. A hundred percent. And so it, it is shifting back to normalcy, which I love because you can, you know, kind strategize. of I would, what's that? strategize. Exactly. You can strategize. I almost said predict. You can never predict, but yeah. you, you just have an idea of what's going on and you can see, Hey, does my client have an opportunity here to, to win this, you know, house or, you know, mm -hmm. acquire this house. Um, so it's getting back to that. And that's, what's great. So we always say to our, our um, clients, Hey, look, let's talk to your lender. Let's understand you know, what you can afford. 
let's have a, a multiple a multitude of different um, lender letters saying you're approved for this much, this much, but you know, and then let's have your um, accounts ready to show you have proof of funds for the down payment. We are dialed in. And then we have a little bit of a story behind our buyer because again, when you have seven, eight offers on a house, you got to differentiate yourself a little bit. So it's having those people lined up and in a row. The other thing is, you know, when you get up in the five to seven, we fortunately have a lot of clients in the five to seven, $10 million range. It's competitive here in Orange County. Mm -hmm. If you have a nice house, especially with a view, you guys, it there's a number of offers right out of the gate. So it's educating the selling agent. Hey, here's my buyer. Here's who they are. They're great people. They're all cash. Here's what they're willing to do, that kind of stuff. And kind of setting the stage for them to win is a great thing. Yeah, I mean, selfishly, as a prospective buyer, um, you know, I've been looking, looking loosely for a long time, but the market was so hot that it just, the thought of, you know, having to pay so much above ask just was not appealing. And I think a lot of people are in my boat in the sense that it's, you know, do you wait for values to come down? Do you wait for rates? Like what, what's the timing of when to kind of pull the trigger? And I know there's no crystal ball because if we had one, we all would be um, playing golf all the time. Uh, <laughs> true, true, very true. But, you know, what would you, and, you know, this is me asking, for, I'm, I'm just asking all the advice that I can get. Um, you know, what do you tell someone like me? Like, do you time it? Do you just go for it? You know, what do you prioritize? So it's an absolutely great question. And we're asked this all the time. Okay. And I'm going to go back to what I said a, a few minutes ago of Orange County, I'm just sorry, it's a different animal yeah. than the rest of the country. Yeah. If you drive 45 minutes east, okay, I, I'd have a totally different answer for you. But in Orange County, in specifically, let's say Newport Beach, Corona Del Mar, Laguna sure. Beach, you know, the surrounding areas, get in the market. I'm telling you, I know it seems crazy. A house, a front unit in Corona Del Mar, brand new construction, really nice, was 2.7 million two and a half years ago. That same house today is now in the four, three, four, four range. It's ridiculous. And you say to yourself, this has to come down. This mm -hmm. can't be the case. But I'm telling you, the demand is still so strong here. And there's so much new construction of front units in Corona Mar. It's just going to continue to rise. Now, is it going to soften a little bit? Yes. When interest rates go up and the market gets a little unsettled, look, it's going to settle down, which actually we want. Okay. But if you're if you're thinking of getting in the market, you're like, wow, you know, this house is you know 1.8 million. It was it was 1.2 three years ago. This is crazy, but I really want to get in the market, and I could do it, but I'm stressed out. I get all that, and you obviously want to talk to your financial advisor about that uh, and your lender. But I would say, get in the game because yeah. if you wait. I'm three years from now, you're going to look and go, oh my gosh, that house that was 1.8, it was right. I mean. The condo we sold, my wife bought, oh my God, years ago, and she bought it for $320,000 on Marguerite here in Corona Mar. Her friends laughed at her and said, that is the dumbest, you paid $300,000 for like <laughs> yeah. 1,100 square feet. Right. You know, and we ended up selling that house for like $1.1 eight years later. Yeah. Uh, so, and that house today, who knows? It's probably worth $3 million. So right. my thing is, in this particular area, I think personally, you got to jump in. You got to jump in or, and I'll say this, work with a team that actually knows what they're doing in that area, right? Yeah. Because if you said to me, hey, I really want to be in, I'm making this up, Ladera Ranch, right? I would actually advise you, hey, 
go to go find the top agent in Ladera Ranch because they have a pulse of what's going on there, and they might sit, say to you, "Hey, let's let's chill out for six months, let's right. let settle down, and I could probably get you your dream house for a couple hundred thousand less." Right. So it's working with really good agents in that particular area. So just stay on that on that tangent of the crazy prices. We have a lot of clients that you know make come from other parts of the country. And then they come in here and it's like, oh, you know, I got transferred here or I decided to move here or whatever reason brought them here. And they're going to start house hunting in the area. And it's like, oh, well, I sold my, you know, million dollar house in Colorado or Florida, or you pick the other part of the country. And I'm looking for a million dollar house. <laughs> and, and we have to break in the reality that it's not going to be the same house, right? Yep. So how, how do you deal with people that are coming from other areas that are, hey, you know, I can't believe I'm only getting this bang for my buck. How, how do you sort of recalibrate their expectations? Well, we kind of joke about that, Paul. We say, see this view right here? That, that's a million dollars right there. So just yeah. put that, you know, we, we're joking. <laughs> but it, it is the quality of life and where we live. And so, look, to be very transparent with those type of buyers, we just say, look, we get it. Uh, if you have two kids and you don't want to live in a three-story front unit in Coronamar or you know, a back unit, if you will, um, look, your option is going to be here, here, and here. Yeah, it's a 20-minute drive to get to work if you work around Fashion Island or something like that. But this is where, this is a great community that would be great for you and your family and that kind of deal. So we try to tailor it to what's right for the family, right? More than the financial piece. because. I just feel like, Paul, the financial piece just dictates where they need to live, right? Right? Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. Um, we have so many clients right now in the 2 to $3 million range. And I say to them, hey- You mean buyers that are looking in the 2 to $3 million. I'm sorry. Yes. Yeah. Right. And right now, guys, in Coronamar proper, that's either a teardown, right? Or it's a back unit in Coronamar. That's wild. That is just wild. Yeah. It's crazy. So yeah. they have to make the decision, Paul- do I want to have my, you know, two young girls have bunk beds in our second bedroom in the back right. unit? Right. And we live in Corona Mall and we walk everywhere and we're next to the beach. And the, so there is a trade-off there, right? It's hard to answer your question. It's you want the best for your clients. You want to provide as much value as we talked about. But the reality is those, you know, it's just climbing and climbing and climbing. Yeah. What about clients, Brandon, that are, are selling their property or thinking about selling their property? What are some tips and tricks um, that they can implement to maximize their profit? It's super important. That's another great question. It's super important to take uh, an evaluation of your current home. And I'll give you an example. Uh, Janelle's good friend uh, of way back when called and said, hey, look, we are building our dream house in North Carolina. We want to sell our home. We're like, hey, thank you for the opportunity. This is great. We came in and we assessed the home. We're like, wow, your bones and what you've done here is amazing, right? But they had raised three kids there over 22 years, right? They are the original owners. We said, hey, can we come in as a teammate and can we paint? Can we stage? Can we do a couple things here and there? Can we add some furniture to the back to pop? And then they said, absolutely. And they were on board okay, with what we were doing. And I don't, I don't mean this. I mean, even the sellers would admit this. Their neighbors came by and started tearing up. They're like, your house looks amazing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, we almost don't want to leave. We should have done this a long time ago. Right. But we had... 102 people through that weekend, the first weekend we had open houses oh, of the two holy days. Cow. And we had 12 offers. And that house sold, uh, I want to make sure I get this right, I think 600,000 over ask. So the point is, is that they had the perfect house to paint, upgrade a little bit, stage, 
And it just gave it a pop. It was like, oh my gosh, I can move my family here. It's a gated community. We have a pool and this house is super cute. It has the room and the space, all that kind of stuff. Whereas we've had people say, hey, come evaluate the house. And you're kind of scratching your head. You're like, oh my gosh, I don't want to tell them, but this is a teardown, right? They're like, should we stage? Should we paint? Should we? And we're like, don't spend that money because sure. we're going to bring, um, you know, uh, end users, if you will, or builders, they're going to want to scrape this and build something special. Uh, it's a delicate conversation with our clients, but it's one that needs to be had to get the most value for the house. And we don't want them spending money that they don't need to spend, if that makes sense. Yeah, I, I want to know how you knew about my house before you came over. <laughs> <laughs> we, we have, we have tracking devices everywhere. Yeah. yeah you got, you got, you tapped into my ring. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> No, but I think the painting and staging makes a difference because for me, I'm not a creative person. So when I walk into a home, if it's not kind of pre-staged to give me an idea of what it might look like yes. when I'm physically living there, it's very difficult for me to conceptualize, you know, where's my couch going to go or where could a couch go or, you know, those types of things. So I really could see how that would add value to the bottom line. Well, and with a lot of our new construction homes, we beg the developers or the uh, owners, investors to not you know, we kind of don't want to show it until it's done and ready, right? Mm -hmm. We want the golden key, open the door. Wow. Now, some people do have vision for that. And they're like, you know, I, I got to get in. I, I have, a, I know what it's going to look like. It's like, eh, no, 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 I don't think you do. Because when everything's staged and dialed in, it, it's just a different feeling when you walk in a house. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, Brendan, I, I got to ask this question. So, you know, in, in our area and in other areas around the country, we've seen what I jokingly refer to as the televocation of your your industry, right? The yep. reality shows. And and we, we are lucky enough to have one of them right down the street from, yes. <laughs> from where we live. Lucky us. So what's what's. What, well, tell me what it's your your take on that. But, you know, and the, all of a sudden the celebrity realtors and but also just in general, working with other realtors or what advice would you would give clients about the picking the realtors that they're, they're choosing and, and that whole madness? Yeah, look, I, I'm going to say some things here. I probably they're appropriate for a podcast, <laughs> <laughs> but, I, but, I, but I probably shouldn't say. Um, I'm going to be honest with you. When I when my wife said, let's get into this industry seven years ago, my take on a real estate agent was not very high. And I said, I don't want that stigma. I don't want to be that person. Uh, they're known as, you know, just all over you, door knocking. Hey, look at me. Yeah. And they're just they're bothersome people in general. Um, so I got into the industry reluctantly and I said to myself, I'm just going to build relationships, correct? Um, with good people. Uh, and hopefully that leads to, to sales. But back to Paul's point, um, it matters when you have good agents, intelligent people working hard for their clients in the right way. Yeah. It's a big, 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 big deal. We have lost deals. We have had horrible deals go south, but you know, saved them at the end, working with people that are just not engaged. They're not out to protect their client. They're not um, communicating. I mean, you guys, in this industry, in this market, and I'll never name names, but I have called three or four times, sent two text messages saying, can we see your four and a half million dollar listing? And they don't respond. I'm like, are you kidding me? I mean, you have a real estate license. So that gets frustrating on a local level. And I'll say this, there are a lot of good agents here in Orange County yeah. that when you see they have a listing, you're like, yes, because you have an interested buyer. You're like, this transaction is going to go really well. I like this person and whatnot. But guys, there's a lot of them that aren't very good and it's tough. So now to your question, let's spin that to the television piece, right? 
So when you see like uh, Frederick Eklund, right? Eklund Gomes and that whole deal. And you see Ryan Serhant in New York and you see um, the, the Maltman brothers in LA. And now you have the Oppenheim group, as you mentioned, right down the street. Look, those groups are really good at what they do. They, they do billions of dollars a year, if not hundreds and hundreds of millions. I got to give them credit, right? At the end of the day, they do great business. But when you put it on TV and it's spun how it, it is, especially with them coming to Orange County, guys, I'm just going to tell you, we're in the marketplace. We, we know what's going on. We have our hand yeah. on the pulse. That's made for television, okay? Yeah. When, when the guy says, what are you thinking? Well, I'll take 14 million. And he goes, let me go call my client. And he walks in the other room and says, he says, for <laughs> that doesn't happen, okay? <laughs> oh, come on. Right? Don't, don't be a spoiler. <laughs> it's, it's fun to watch. My wife yeah. is very good friends with these people. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now, now I'm in trouble. Now I'm in trouble. <laughs> I'm just kidding. No, it's, it, look, it, it's fun to watch. It's great television, all that kind of stuff. Personally, it kind of puts a spin on us being this, you know, we, we don't drive the fast car that you can, that's fine. Um, but, you know, all of the stuff and the hype and the deal, it's just, I, I don't know about that. And yeah, we'll try, I, yeah, try living up to Gordon Gecko and uh, greed is good. It, exactly. <laughs> and so I don't, you know, LA, we kind of giggled at it, laughed and we're like, oh, that's funny. And then, and we know all these agents and everything. But now that they're kind of infiltra- infiltrating on Orange County. Now they're, now they're in the hood. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh, you know, there's these articles, the OC, you know, team. It's like, guys, you live in LA. Like, yeah. uh, so look, I, I tell you all that, but I also say kudos to them. They, they've done a great job. Uh, they do a ton of business. Um, and we got to keep our head down and we have to create great relationships with our clients because again, it comes back. It's super competitive. I I pulled up the other day on PCH just down from you, Paul. And uh, there was a couple walking on a Sunday morning uh, right in front of the Oppenheim group. And the the gentleman, they were both in their mid forties, I'd say the gentleman literally stopped and I was watching this whole thing and gave his phone to his wife, I'm assuming. And he, you know, he went like this in front of the Oppenheim, (laughs) you know, and I'm sure he posted it like, here I am in front of the Oppenheim, you know? So people, they they get enamored by it and it's yeah. it's, it's glamorized. It's exactly. definitely glamorized. Yeah. yeah. And that and guess what? It's all good. It's all good. Yeah. Well, it is kind of fun to see some of the uh, you know, not to mention the housewives are around the corner in a different restaurant. So Yes, yeah. that's exactly right. it's it's <laughs> you you bet. Um, so you know, sort of reality shows aside, we've seen and going back to the the reality, the reality of reality, the industry. Yeah, we've seen a huge increase in housing costs over the last few years, and you know, housing starts are slowing. The cost of materials have gone up. Uh, mortgage rates have about doubled, yep. and we're still, you know, underbuilt from a supply side, you know, standpoint. How do you see the market reacting to this over the next, you know, not the next two months, but maybe the next six to eighteen months, and and then maybe or maybe twenty four months. Another great question. We're telling all our builders just on the pulse here, um, guys, get in the game. This is not a time. Yeah, everything you said, Paul, is 100% correct, okay? But there is still so much demand here that we're telling our builders, guys, get in the game. I mean, don't don't buy a lot for a ridiculous amount of money that's going to put you underwater. I mean, they obviously have margins they need to make, right? Or they would feel comfortable with. Right. We, we tell them, Look, we understand lumber's going up. We understand, you know, interest rates, you know, the buyers could be more scarce, that kind of deal. But there is still value here. People still want to be here. Keep your foot on the gas. That's what we're telling them. We tell them that because we drive around and we see all these opportunities and yeah. we have 
just alone, our small group, we have 192 million in buyer leads right now. Those are mm-hmm. active people saying, find me a house. And that's just us. So yeah. go down the road. and Right, yeah. So that's a lot of interest and a lot of demand. So we feel strongly that in Orange County, it is still there, Paul. It's going to continue to grow It's for the next three to five years. Now, are we going to see little waves? Are we going to see us softening a little bit? Yes. But a lot of our clients, not a lot, I shouldn't say a lot, a handful of our clients and people on the street, I'm waiting for the crash. The crash yeah. Is, yeah, yeah. When the crash comes, then I'll get back in. And I'm so I look straight at him. I go, guys, you're in the wrong market. Go go somewhere else because the, there's no indicator, and we keep a strong pulse on this. Big indicator to have the housing market here go sideways. Now, our clients will pop right back, or people on the street, and say, "Yeah, but did you see that house over on so and so? It just came down five hundred thousand. It was at four nine." And now it's at four four. And I say to them, "Well, guys, the house is worth three eight. Okay, in reality, it was priced one point one million over. Coming yeah. down five hundred thousand is back to reality. Yeah, you know. Well, days on market, it was you know eighteen days. It was crazy. And now the average is uh, thirty six. It's like, yeah, it's supposed to be forty two. Like we're right. on fire. So it's a little misconception, guys. On what's going on. And again, I want to be super clear. I'm talking about where we live in particular. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. I'm not talking about Riverside or the desert or, you know, Las Vegas. I'm not talking about those markets. So it's hard because it sounds like we're trying to convince people, you know, oh, buy a house or, hey, sell your house now. They're like, oh, you just want to sale. No, we're trying to tell you, just like I, I mentioned to you is get in the game because we have a particular client. He's become a good friend four years ago. We showed him a number of houses that were, you know, pricey. And he's like, you know, I just, I'm going to wait. Huh? We met with him two weeks ago and he goes, Brandon, I want to apologize. <laughs> the dumbest move I ever made waiting. Now everything's 2X. What I right. you know, I want to get in the game now. And I said, hey, kudos. It, it, four years from now, we're going to have the same conversation you're going to be happy about. Right. Yep. So on the building and, and new development side, Fran, are we going to see more multifamily, more track homes? Um, or more custom builds, do you think, in in the local community? Another good question. Again, where we live, uh, I think you're going to see the um, uh, you know single family homes. Obviously, in Corona Mar here, it's a little different in that you have the front and back units. They call the village. Um, I think you're going to you're going to see those standardized and stay the same. Um, I think, like in the Irvine Terrace area, there's a lot of bigger lots, right, with ocean views. I think you're going to continue to see those go up in value. Uh, you're going to see a lot of homes being scraped and these beautiful new homes in the 15 to $20 million range come to market. Um, so I think the, the question you had is great, but again, it sort of doesn't apply to this little section I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the building going out in Lake Forest or let's say Mission Viejo out there, right? I think, I, well, I'm going to admit to you, I don't have a great as a pulse on that, but I would think interest rates and things in the market would have an effect on those markets a little bit more than us. And again, I'm not saying it doesn't have an effect on this market. It does. I mean, with the sure. stock market going down as much, we have some very high end clients going time out. <laughs> like uh, mm-hmm. I, I just had a big uh, you know kick in the pants here. Let's just take a month and chill out for a second. Let me see what's going to happen. Um, but again, I think we're going to continue to stay in the, in the processes we are of scraping the new one, building, you know, front and back units in Cronomar, scraping the ones in Irvine Terrace or along the coast and, you know, building new beautiful homes. I, I think 
and I'm sorry, I'm going to segue just a little bit. When the pandemic hit and everybody kind of stayed at home and they reevaluated, okay, do we love our home? Do we have enough space? And it was time, guys, I think, where a lot of husbands and wives, they were home together with the kids and they had a lot of time to sit down and actually talk because you couldn't go to work. You couldn't go to the store. You couldn't. And they thought, honey, what do you really want? Well, I'd love a bigger yard. I'd love, you know, should we remodel? No, let's move, you know. And so it created this frenzy. And then with everybody working from home, it, you know, compacted that. So. Um, people from San Francisco and LA were like, wait a minute, our houses are actually more expensive for the land value and stuff than Orange County. Orange County is a steal. And so it was an influx of people coming down here going, three million for a front unit? Here you go, right? I, I just lived on Petrol Hill in this little box and I just sold it for four million. So let's, let's do this. They won the lottery in their mind, right? So I think that's, that's still happening. Um, and that's going to continue here for the next couple of years. I really believe it. Especially with the, the new work from home model I and mean, more, more and more companies are, are going remote. Um, so they, they can move from the, the city into CDM or anywhere in Orange County. hundred percent. Yes. Mm-hmm. So, you know, in doing planning with our clients, one of the, the things that with some of our clients and they're like either pre-retirees or pre-empty nesters and, you know, they have adult children that, you know, maybe graduating college or getting ready to get married or just gotten married. And they would love to help them sort of get on the monopoly board. Right. And so we're trying to help them figure out, all right, how do how do we slice that Snickers bar and how do we how do we help them figure out? But, you know, the problem we're running into in our area is the quote unquote starter homes are most likely a million to two million bucks, right? And so you're talking about a down payment that's 200 to 400,000 and aren't a lot of young adults that have that kind of thing saved up. And yes, certainly have clients that can help the kids with a down payment, but do you have some advice for, you know, parents that are helping their kids try and get started? That's another awesome question. So I would say if they want to be in this, you know, particular little area we're discussing, Cronomar, Laguna or whatever, you know, we we had this same scenario just happened, Paul, with a with a great client of ours. Uh, their their daughter got married, and great guy. And they're like, "Hey, we really want to be in CDM. What's the plan?" And yeah. it was great. They asked. It was a great the exact question you just asked. And we said, "Guys, let's find you either a rental, right, just to get in the market, and understand where it is. But you know, prices continue to go up, so you probably want to get in the pool before you don't. So maybe let's look at a back unit." right? And you don't have kids, right? Um, and let, let's get you started. Let's just get you there. And then let's build a little equity. And then that's what they did. And then all of a sudden they had a baby and they're like, okay, what do we do next? How do we do this? Well, let's look at a cheaper front unit. You know, it's not a brand new unit, but you can, you know, fix it up a little bit. And they sold that value went up and bought a front unit. And then they just got the call. They had to go to New York. They called us in a panic and they said, we got to sell. And we sold their house in 24 days, right? Um, my point to that is, they started from the lowest common denominator in this area and just said, we want to be here in the village. We will take that, you know, um, it's not a risk. It's just like, to your point, it's a lot of money. And whether yeah. they had help from their parents or not, they jumped in the pool. And yeah. when they moved to New York, they said, Brandon, that was the greatest thing we ever did. Were we a little underwater when we went in that back unit? Yes. Were we scared? Yes. But we actually made money when we sold that back unit, right? 
And then in our freight unit, when we, we actually made money there too. So we're going to New York with a couple of nickels in our pocket. We are really, really, really happy. So I guess my answer to that, Paul, is you got to find what resources can assist and help yeah. um, if you want to be in this area. But it's worth the, the, the bet, if you will. Contrary right. to that, you just got to go a little outside this area. Sorry about that. Yeah. You just no, got to get out and say, look, I got to commute in, right? Or if I'm working from home, you know, more of a track home and, you know, Mission Viejo and enjoy that lifestyle and whatnot. So um, it's to answer your question overall, Paul, it's it's a difficult question and it's it's hard for a lot of people. Yeah. Well, to your point earlier, Brandon, I feel like, you know, it's important for those types of buyers to get their ducks in a row. Reach out to the lender, see what you can qualify for. Um, if there's going to be, you know, a gift received to be part of the down payment, make sure your lender knows <laughs> yep. um, because all of that stuff has to be documented um, so that those buyers are in the best place possible to have a competitive offer. You know what? You're absolutely right on that. And Paul, back to your point is doing all of what you just said. The problem is if it's multiple offers on a you know decent back unit, unfortunately, the new buyers, right? the sellers are like, well, these people are new, they're help, their parents are helping them. I'm going to go over here with the person who's putting 20 down. They have a solid job and they've been, you know, they've owned a house before. So they're like, they're getting in the water for the first time and they're at a little bit of a disadvantage. It's, yeah. it's so competitive here. So it's a tough call. And I would say to that point is, and this is the opposite Paul, of what you asked, but if you have capital, I would invest it in like back units here in Cronomar or whatever and rent it out. I mean, there are so many clients we have that own four or five properties locally here that they can afford, right? And then they just rent it out. There are a lot more renters here than you would believe, right? Because yeah. to your point, they can't afford that three or $400,000 down payment. So, right. Yeah, I think a common question people have is, you know, do, do I rent or do I buy? Exactly. Um, and, and I think that the pendulum has swung over the past couple of years. Where do you think it has swung to? now hmm loaded question yeah it's a question. <laughs> <laughs> well I, you know and it's just before you i'll give you a couple minutes to think about yeah, yeah. while yeah. you, you got stumped but i mean we run a lot of financial plans and one of the things we do is the, all the what if scenarios right, right. so yeah. and and we didn't get a chance to talk about this but we do have quite a few clients that are looking hey you know going back to those empty nesters i'm gonna I'm going to sell my big five bedroom. I'm, I'm going to downsize now that the kids are gone. Mm -hmm. I want to go find that one level, that unicorn million dollar, one level, two to three bedroom, Forever uh, home. Couple, couple bathroom. And if yeah. it's by the beach, great. Uh, but, you know, it's going to be really tough to really tough to find. But but we can run through scenarios. And just like you said, even if and if clients are looking at maybe they're looking at moving out of state and they want to do something about the the tax. You know, I want to get away from California taxes. I'm like, okay, well, we got to look at the whole tax picture because it's not just your income tax. It's also, hey, what's the sales tax there? What's the property tax there? What's the, you know, we have to do the whole financial crunching, but we've run a lot of scenarios lately where it's, hey, let's sell this and let's look at buying this or renting this. And that gives you a chance to check out the area. So hopefully I stalled long enough for you to think about the, hey, do we rent or do we buy? <laughs> that, that, that's a great point. That's a great point. Look, I think you would both agree if you financially can't do it, you got to, you know, you got to rent, right? Kind of deal. And th that I understand. But I'll go back to the point I made earlier that, you know, at least there's been times in my life where I'm like, wow, I don't know if I should do that, right? Financially. And it was something I kind of believed in long term or whatever, not buying a house, but doing something or investing in something or whatever, or taking that leap. And, and I made that investment and it ended up working out. 
You know, I was like, wow, I didn't think I could do that. And you, if you're done, you figure it out, right? You just figure it out. So I would say that if you're in the area, jump in the pool because figure it out, grind it out. Because when you own an asset, especially here in Southern California, I mean, I don't, again, I don't have a crystal ball, but it is appreciated over time, you know, here locally, 6% over the last, you know, 30 years kind of thing. That's a pretty good investment, right? Yeah. The challenge is, is that so many people have looked at their home as an investment because things are climbing so much. But we have to remember a home is where you raise a family or you live, right? It's your shelter kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And you have to, you have to remember that too. Um, So to answer your question overall, I think it's situational, but I would say if you do have the chance to purchase, especially here in Southern California, I would, you know, barring it being a crazy deal or something, you know, whatever, do your due diligence, make sure the home is in good shape, make sure, right? So you don't buy a, uh, you know, something that's going downhill, um, right. but, but jump in the pool. Yeah. Well, Brandon, you know, you've been super generous with your time. Thanks. Uh, got a lot of stuff we went through. I have 50 more questions that I want to get to, but I don't want to take up your entire day, but I really appreciate you coming and spending some time with us and going through. Thanks, Brandon. No, I appreciate you guys very much and appreciate what you guys do. Thanks for having me on anytime. Thanks. So that's our episode for today. Thank you for listening. If you found this topic interesting or useful, please let us know. Or if there are other topics you'd like us to address, let us know that too. We'd love to hear from you. Thanks for joining us and thanks for being invested. The RAND Group is a group comprised of investment professionals registered with Hightower Advisors, LLC, and SEC Registered Investment Advisor. Some investment professionals may also be registered with Hightower Securities, LLC, member FINRA and SIPC. Advisory services are offered through Hightower Advisors, LLC. Securities are offered through Hightower Securities, LLC. This is not offered to buy or sell securities. No investment process is free of risk, and there is no guarantee that the investment process or the investment opportunities referenced herein will be profitable. Past performance is neither indicative nor a guarantee of future results. The investment opportunities reference herein may not be suitable for all investors. All data or other information referenced herein is from sources believed to be reliable. Any opinions, news, research, analysis, prices, or other data information contained in this presentation is provided as general market commentary and does not constitute investment advice. The RAND Group and Hightower Advisors LLC or any of its affiliates make no representations or warranties expressed or implied as to the accuracy or completeness of the information or for the statements or errors or omissions or results obtained from the use of this information. The RAND Group and Hightower Advisors LLC assume no liability for any action made or taken in reliance on or relating in any way to this information. The information is provided as of the date referenced in the document. Such data and other information are subject to change without notice. This document was created for informational purposes only. The opinions expressed herein are solely those of the author and do not represent those of Hightower Advisors LLC or any of its affiliates.